Gentlemen, we interrupt our program of dance music to bring you a special bulletin from the Intercontinental Radio News. It's time for Peculiar Podcast, hosted by Pat Cashman. Gorgeous to look at. And Lisa Foster. She's dangerous. Please, you're on. Ready or not, it's Pat and Lisa. <laughs> can you dig it? Yeah, yeah, I can dig it. Yeah. It's love and time. If you read the history of rock and roll, some people think this song was like the Big Bang of rock and roll. Little Richard, Tutti Frutti, was later covered by Pat Boone. Of course. Yeah, of course. Who sold way more records than Little Richard, even though Little Richard's version was far superior. But here's the thing. There's a book out now called Good Booty. Uh, subtitled Love and Sex, Black and White, Body and Soul in American Music. Uh, so, uh, some guy named, uh, some woman named Ann Powers, could be a guy. Uh, she, uh, here's the premise of it. This, this song in particular, Tutti Frutti, has the Tutti Frutti, Ah Rudy thing, but she says the original lyric was actually Tutti Frutti, Good Booty. And the rest of the song was all about greasy, sexy, exciting encounters heterosexual and not and every one of those lyrics had to be cut off the song of course excised before it could ever be on the radio huh so so the good bits got taken out i don't think that the boring bits were left behind necessarily well it's kind of a nonsense song when you listen to the lyrics but uh, her, her point is that the rock and roll the very purpose of rock and roll was to express these Sure. Carnal yearnings that you isn't have as what, teenagers. Isn't, and Isn't that what the roll part meant in rock and roll? Roll in the hay? I don't know, but <laughs> I'll buy that. Roll in the hay. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, if this book is 400 pages. I think I might pick it up. It, it sounds, sounds good. Sounds yeah. really good. It sounds good. Sounds good. And that's just an example. Uh, there she goes, talks about people in vaudeville, Florence Mills, and a dancer named Earl Snake Hips Tucker. Ooh, that's a great name. Isn't that a good name? Snake Hips. Yeah, Yeah. very nice. No wonder your mom and dad didn't want you listening to that that kind of music for your sake. Yeah, exactly. Well, here we are and uh, in an unusual venue this time. And, uh, you know, we have have tried, Lisa and I, tried to keep these podcasts going. Uh, We thank people for supporting them, either by listening to them, first of all, and foremost. And sometimes... By throwing a few, uh, you know, dollars our way. Yeah. A few coins, even. This is, is great. And um, and so we tried to do this via Skype last week. I was in Spokane. You were at your home. Excuse me. I'm going to have to cough. Don't worry. I'll cut this out later. <laughs> it's a good okay. thing you're going to cut, cut that yeah, out. Yeah, I cut that out. Good job. Yeah, it's, Hope I don't forget. Technology's been really good because it's easy to... We don't even live in the same state anymore. You are, and, and by the way, it's nice to be down here visiting you. Yeah, well, I guess and I buried we'll, the lead. We'll you are here at, yeah, uh, at our yes. place in Central Oregon. Right. Visiting. This, this is the first nice. time. And this, this is great. So yeah. we thought we'd take this occasion certainly to do some podcasts. What I was saying is that Skype is a hit and miss kind of deal. And if you don't have robust internet, then it just drops out. It, yeah, it. it's very frustrating it's hard for us it was. To, so we did try to do that last week but didn't this, work it didn't work so we're so, just gonna it's a do-over we just went erase 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 we're doing it over yeah so we're doing it over and i'll mention later maybe or maybe not why i was in spokane all place but let week. me um let me just thank all the folks yeah. I, I'm, I feel like we're not as on top of this as we should be I, and i i know you know i've talked to you about this I said we should be thanking well i would simply say that if every people, podcast that we we do we should be saying thank you for 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 caring enough to send us a contribution which by the way you can do at our website oh, what a bunch of baloney that is. Thank you, 
just helps us. I know. You think that you think that uh, we've been how long? How many years? Have we been doing this four five. years? Five. We're on years? our we're on our fifth year. Oh my god! You would think uh, if any any person with any savvy would be know how to be monetized by now. You'd be making money. It would be supporting itself by itself with advertising or or subscriptions or whatever. But this is free, uh, and then we don't have any sponsors. And the only way we can, we just, all we do, need to do is pay for our hosting fee. We need, yeah, much. for the website, the our uniforms. And if and if the uniforms that you know we yeah, and this have is to stupid. Wear. I don't know why. Well, it was my. I know you said it was we my need idea. Uniforms. We need to wear uniforms well, on we're this doing podcast. It. I'm like, silly. okay, and they weren't cheap. And, and this then hat is too And then small. hair and makeup. Yeah. I don't know why. And why I have to wear an athletic supporter and a cup to do a podcast? So there's a lot of no costs involved that we had. Yeah. We had no idea that we were going to no, be no. paying up. But here's it's, the other thing too, and I've been really lazy about figuring out how to monetize this podcast so it's very nice that our listeners want to help us kind of keep the lights on and we had um and 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 may i also interrupt and say that if you if you have friends and you tell them about the podcast (laughs) and how happy it's made your life your friendship won't last very long but if you have people that you're not that crazy about and you really want to cut it off with them this would be the final nail in the coffin Get them to start listening to this. And, and then they make will a contribution know. in their name exactly. with their credit card. Yeah, That'd exactly. be great. So very quickly, I want to say thanks to, and I, I know we did the first quarter um, of this year. And again, I know people listen to these episodes out of order, so that's not even going to make any sense. But I want to go back just in case we didn't get these folks on. Um, Lynn Barker, a great, great friend of the show. Lynn Barker. David, <laughs> David Trubit. David Trubit, thank you very much. Robert Thompson, don't know what you were thinking, but thank you. Anne Biglow, very wonderful contribution. Peggy Barnett, thank you, thank you, thank you. Esther Jean Hardman, and we also have Bo Shinsky. Esther Jean Hardman is good to find. Uh, Bo Shinsky, David Hutchinson, Mary Koch, I believe with a K. Is that how you say her name? I thought, I there, wanna, was, I thought there was an R in the word. I don't want to say cock. Oh, I, I've often seen it pronounced as cook. K O C H? Yeah, cook. Okay. It, it, she might pronounce, you know, Mayor Ed Koch was spelled exactly that way. Well, that's way. why I thought it was Koch. But I've, I've seen, I know another woman who's, who pronounces it cook. I always cook with honey to sweeten up the night. We always cook with honey. Tell me how's your appetite? Some sweet love. I have a story about cock that I want to tell you later on, by the way. Okay, I think that's uh, that's a good tease. And Catherine Tang, thank you, Catherine, thank you. Yes, and, and the astronauts, thank you, too, Catherine. Anton Staley, thank you very much. And again, if my you... Be- my good friend, uh, my, I was going to say my best friend, he was my best friend in college, Anton Staley. Uh, we'll save that for another time, but... Anytime you start a new job, or for me, going to college away from home for the first time, I was petrified, and I was, and I'm very shy. And I said, I'm never going to meet anybody here. This is torture. And they set me up in a dormitory. I just, since I didn't know anybody, you just, it's a, you know, you draw straws, and then you're going to stay in a, a room with somebody you don't know at all. And I stayed in a room with a guy named Tim, uh, who was. Uh, God love him, but he was just an utter dweeb. He couldn't have been more different than me. He was in ROTC, and he was, you know, so he's half the time he's wearing his uniform, even when he's going to sleep hey, at night. just don't, don't not, we're wearing uniforms. There's nothing wrong with that. Oh, we that. call it ROTC. Yeah. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with ROTC, but he and I were just like uh, oil and water or pancakes and waffles or something. We, we just... Uh, so, but so I uh, somehow I stumbled onto Anton Tony Staley, uh, who just befriended me for no particular reason and sort of saved my uh, time at college, and uh, it all was very wonderful after that. But uh, it has to start with somebody. Do you want to hear my story about cock? <sighs> yeah, it's uh, really not. It's not funny. It just made me laugh because is it filthy? <clears throat> no, it's not. But oh, it sounds shoot. 
It sounds filthy. I'd gotten a job, a voiceover job, doing a, a how-to audio on manufactured homes. And so when you buy a manufactured home, there's mm-hmm. a lot of how-tos on what you're supposed to do to keep up and maintain it. And it's not like a regular house. And one of the sections was caulking. Caulk, caulking. Oh, yes. Caulking your house. Yes, I know. <laughs> but you can pronounce the word, I believe, well, I asked caulk. them, yeah, and they're like, because they're manuf- they're like, well, it's caulk. I don't think it's caulk. Yeah, it's caulk. It's like Bill Nye went out C-A-U-L-K. of his way. C a u l k. Bill Nye on his his kids show he went out of his way to pronounce the planet Uranus. Right, right. Even though everybody <laughs> calls it Uranus, uh, because he was being sponsored by Disney, I'm sure it came down from on high. You gotta call it Uranus. Yeah. Yeah. So I went did, did the whole. It was a very long audio project, and I did this segment comes up, and that's a very long segment. And it's it's about cock and cocking, and you want to cock this and cock that, and don't let your cock crack, and all keep the cock wet, and I mean on and on and on and on. And I had well, said you know to them, the cock crows three times in the Bible, so it's not a <laughs> verboten word. So they get it back, and because this word was used so generously throughout this entire uh, segment, it was just it was it just went on and on and on and on. And they they emailed me and they said, you know, we're um, we would like you to 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 use the word caulk. Put the L in there. Yeah, put the L in. So I had to redo the entire thing because it did. It just sounded, yeah, nasty. Yeah. So I had to redo it. So that's that. I don't have a punchline to the story. I just thought it was funny that. It's funny <laughs> you would say that because, uh, in my time on the comedy sketch comedy show uh, that was out of Seattle called Almost Live. And if, if listeners to the podcast don't know what I'm talking about, if you just uh, go to YouTube and type my name in, Pat Cashman, Almost Live, or just Almost Live, all these bits come up that that we did a million years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was really a wonderful time. Well, one of the bits I wrote was called uh, Plumber. It was Plumber. And the guy was a plumber, me. and uh, But I decided to present the otherwise... Um, you know, basically banal re- existence of a plumber as if it was an action TV show. Uh-huh. So so we use big music, and uh, his name was T.J. Plumber. And he's just a regular plumber guy, but I was diving over bushes, giving furtive glances as I'm coming around uh, to a house that's got a plumbing <laughs> so problem. Dumb. And we played it tongue-in-cheek like that. Well, anyway, the ending of it, I go into the house, and I fix this woman's sink. And Nancy Guppy played the, the, the woman who was so grateful to me as I'm leaving her house. And you can tell there's a little sexual thing, tension going on there. Of she's, course. She's checking me out, and I'm looking at her, and I'm, you know. Oh, ma'am, I don't think we're having any more problems with that sink. God. Say, plumber, you don't have to go so soon, do you? Well, I uh, guess I could stick around for a bit, ma'am. Plumber, we got to get over to the Anderson house. They're having that toilet problem again. You remember how bad it was last time? He's right, ma'am. You would not have believed this toilet. It started bubbling and it was churning up these big clumps of something or other. We... No, no, you don't have to explain it. Please. <laughs> yeah, there I go, talking shop again. Hey, uh, we, did an, we did a take where I, she says to me, uh, Hey, Plumber, I, I couldn't help. Noticing your cock. And then I go, oh, this? Yeah, that's just an adhesive, ma'am. We use it around the tub to keep it from leaking. That's well, nice. we got so skittish about it, uh, as silly as it was, that we took it out of the Yeah, that's out of too the bad. Bit. Yeah. That's too bad. Yeah, which I thought was funny. one of the funnier jokes in the bit. But uh, anyway, so... Yeah, words that sound alike sometimes. So anyway, so thank you to all of our listeners that yeah. do contribute. It just a cup. The price of a cup of coffee helps us out with web hosting and and yeah, but a good cup of coffee, like yeah, a seven dollar cup. cup of yeah, coffee. not coffee. We're not, not like you know, not the kind you can make at home Sanka. and not instant. No, yeah, yeah. no, not at all. No. All right, I want to update you on something we started to talk about a couple of podcasts ago, and that was. Um, this wonderful birthday gift I received from a friend, which was an Ancestry DNA um, testing kit. 
That's right. I remember you mentioning that. And I, this isn't this isn't actually very interesting at all. What okay. I, what well, I, forget what it. What I turned out to be. I can be, cut this out, too. Do you want to know what I am? Because it's not that interesting. It doesn't change my life. How about if any? I keep my coughing in and take this part out? That's of not part. a bad idea. Okay. So I got it back, and you and I actually met, um, as we mentioned, on Skype last week, because you, I sent you the results. I said, well, why don't you do the big reveal? And then... And then I'm glad it didn't work out because it was dumb. Because it was like, ooh. I didn't think big, it was dumb. I don't think it's dumb. The it, idea of it was that you would not know the results and we would reveal them. Yeah, who cares? For the first time on the podcast. And you'd be surprised because you didn't know what they were. And then the, in the Skype podcast. <coughs> oh, Excuse me. Don't worry, I'll cut that out too. Okay. God, what the hell's wrong People with must that? be wondering. You know why? Because it's so smoky here. As we record this right now is, in Central the Oregon. The air is just... It's pretty bad. Yeah, plus all those cigars we had last night. But it's not. No, I just not interesting at all. Nobody. I, as I thought back, I went good. I'm glad that the that didn't work out. Because why make a big deal about what? Lisa, who cares what Lisa Foster's DNA? But I have something more interesting than that to tell you. Yeah, but in the bigger picture, uh, we all seek to know who we are, right? Why we are, how we came to be here, and who our ancestors were. And as you said, uh, one of their podcasts ago, you never knew who your father was. I don't so, know who my so father is. So this is not is. just a vanity thing. This is a a search for, you know, who who am I? Correct. Where do I come from? So I got the results back, and uh, and again, this part is not very interesting at all. I'm a hundred. Okay, well, like I said, I'll I'm a I'm a hundred percent European. I might be related to you. I'm twenty three percent Ireland, Ireland, yeah, Wales, well, Scotland. Well, oh, my over overwhelming uh, majority of my uh, predecessors are from Ireland. Yeah, and then I've got the other twenty whatever is is wales britain whatever i have a little bit of it's kind of I, the same neck of the woods I have it's a little, like the difference between being from kent or renton right that's what i mean i'm all yeah. kind of in that region um they also suspect that my early ancestors were one of the first settlers in virginia which i thought was interesting and then they gave me a list of like a zillion fourth cousins based on a dna match and one, there's a third cousin in there. So I'm. it might be somebody on my mother's side. But it got me to thinking, and I called my aunt up again, and I said, because she said she didn't really know who my dad was. And as I told you in the past podcast, she said, you know, your mom had a lot of boyfriends. <laughs> she had a lot of boyfriends. So I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to call her again now that I've – I got these results because I'd really like to, to pin it down and figure it out. Yeah. All right. So here's two things I know. I went back through my mother's papers. On my birth certificate, there's a name of a man. I'm gonna, I am gonna. don't think I told you this part. No. Let's call him, I don't want to say his real name, but let's call what? him Lair, Larry. Because we here, always like to look, use. Look, here's, a, here's a, a poster of the little rascals. You can call him Dickie, Jackie, Joe, Jack, Spanky. <laughs> Let's call him Spanky okay. for the purposes of So the of guy the on my birth certificate is Spanky. called Spanky. Okay. I have always been told throughout the years that that's not my real father, that that was just, they had to put a name on the birth certificate, and that's just how it was, that it was just somebody my mother knew. Then, so I have that. Spanky's on my thing. Okay. I find a letter from an attorney dated five months after I'm born to a guy named... Uh, Sunshine Sammy. Sunshine Sammy. <laughs> and this letter is demanding child support. Oh. How, right? So. How. how um, okay. So wait. So we've okay. got Dickie. Oh, wait. No. Spanky's on my birth certificate. Right. As the father. And Sunshine Sammy's a guy who apparently. So I'm asking my aunt this, this uh, the other night. And I said. Okay, so did you know the guy on my birth certificate? You want to know what she says? She goes, oh, yeah, I think we went out. I went out on a double date with him and your mom. And I'm, I'm like, she goes, you're, I wasn't. You're waiting till now to I, tell me I this? wasn't very happy about it. I think there's yeah. a picture of him somewhere. And I said, well, can we rule him? She goes, I wouldn't rule him out. 
as your father could be, wouldn't rule him out. And I said, so I said, well, how did she meet him? And she, this is what she said. She goes, I don't know. Church. Probably walking down the sidewalk. <laughs> so Who this was walking guy, down the sidewalk? Your mom? Apparently Spanky McFarland wasn't from around those parts. He was a sailor from out of town. Uh, blow me down. Well, or something. Yeah. <clears throat> so. This sounds like it's right out of the movie. No kidding. And I'm like, how did I not know all this stuff all these years? So I have a little document now that I've created called uh, Operation Who's My Daddy. So I'm just writing all this stuff down furiously. Um, <clears throat> so I figure that I can look up. Um, this guy Spanky McFarlane and isn't a sailor in the Navy is that what I would look up um, like I guess. just do a Google search and see well that's a big okay, that's so a wide me, net I'll tell you I know it's possible I know and he could be dead he could be dead but that doesn't mean that his kids didn't aren't somewhere in a DNA tree so I could still locate him I don't want to locate him to go throw my arms around him and say daddy uh, my dad was a man that knew his own mind and I remember when he'd call us all together and he'd say, family, it's love and time. I don't want to do that. Right. I just kind of want to know and see if I have any other relatives out there. Yeah. So then we get back to... You could have a brother that you don't know about. Or a, or a half-sister. Or That's sister. what I mean. It's yeah. kind of yeah. fascinating. So, uh, so then the child support letter that is addressed to Sunshine Sammy, I have an actual street address. And I'm thinking that I can... Now, I don't want to alarm the guy, <clears throat> so I don't think I should send him a letter saying, hey, is this the same Sunshine Sammy that wanted lived, child support? lived, no, no, I don't I want to do Sunshine that. I thought Sunshine Sammy no, was the guy that wanted, oh. I don't want to do that. That's what I'm asking you. Oh, okay. All is right. I, I, I have a letter with an old address on it. Yeah. And as I'm searching for all the Sunshine Sammies out there. I can sort of narrow them down by age, of course, right? And maybe area. And I want to start sending a let letters out saying, you know, I don't want to send a copy of the letter thinking, yeah, I don't want him to think I'm coming after him for child support. Because it's likely that this kid was actually in mom's high school and they were both 18 years old at the time. Hmm. Okay, does that make this sense? This is starting to make my hair hurt. I know, this you're not getting, paying any attention it's, to yes, me. I, I am. I'm, it's, I can't, so, I'm not very good at focusing. I'm trying to get your advice on this. On what? Um, sending, you know, reaching out to the um, Sunshine Sammies and saying, I just, you know, did you ever live at 1234, you know, um, uh, Joe Cobb Way? <clears throat> and, and then I can narrow them down by that way. And I think I should send a picture of my mother. And say as as close to the time period as you could right in find. 1960 it would be 1960 that would be the time okay and um and see we you know how would you f this is something that I think is interesting that it's unique to to men there's never going to be a letter arriving to any woman in the world I don't think well I take that back if, you may not she, know you're the mother if she gave up her kids. But you might not know that you even have the kids. That's the difference. So I don't want to. I don't want to intrude on this guy's life. But I still kind of want to know. Who I he think. Is. I think a guy's typical default position would be panic or concern. <laughs> I mean, he would. I think most guys would. Think, oh God. Because it's oh, highly was, likely. My mother says I don't. You know, she may not have even told him. Who knows? <clears throat> and you know, Sunshine Sammy, who's the child support letter guy might might have panicked if he was young and and said no that's not my kid well, mr and, navy guy might have hopped back on the boat and headed to subic bay and you'd be completely unaware right so yeah, yeah it's a very weird place to be knowing that i've so i've got two possible names and now i have to do is go back to my dna and start filling in the parts of the family tree i know i who knows well let me ask you this can you have them that company or that dot com uh, ancestry mm -hmm. can they do uh, the legwork for you uh, so they can be a, a third party and it doesn't involve you so directly as you sending a letter or... well i don't think they would do that but you can take your raw dna results 
most DNA companies have different things they can do, <clears throat> and they're very limited in what they can do, but you can run them through another website called gedmatch.com. And that then filters it. That even. matches other people who have high school diplomas? Or were in the Navy. Oh. So GED. there you go. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. So anyway, I, I know it's not that interesting, but I, I just, I'm fascinated that I have this little mystery and this project that I'm going to work on this year and just see well, what I can Keep us updated. I mean, I, I, I think out. most people uh, who are listening right now, they probably know who their mom and dad were or are. Uh-huh. Uh, so for you not to know your dad, that that makes you a little different, and I think we would be. It's not uninteresting. It it would be fun to to follow how that goes. So, so anyway. So, but you're a hundred percent European. European. There's no there's no Antarctica. So this in you is the or, new wrinkle that's now been added to this. My aunt who insists that we have some Indian in us. She insists. She says it was one of those things that wasn't talked about. Native American as opposed to, you know, Bombay or New Delhi, right? Correct. Yeah. And it wasn't, it was hushed up and great grandma Coles didn't want to talk about it. Nobody wanted to talk about it. It was shameful. Oh, don't talk about the Really? Don't talk about that. Yeah, I'd tell back everybody the, I knew. Back in the day, that was not something you wanted people to know about you. Hmm. Back in the early 1900s. Because John Wayne got wind of it. My father married up your chair So she's always been under the impression that we had some, some Indian in us. So when I called her and I told her, I just want you to know that 100% European. So I don't know. I didn't get the Indian from my mom. And she stops and she goes, well, I'm assuming that Grandpa Frank is both our, both me and your mom's dad. Oh, maybe that's not the case. Mm-hmm. What? So now this has opened up this big yeah. can of worms. So See? now my aunt says, maybe I better take a DNA. So I I bought my aunt a DNA kit, and I'm going to take it to her next week. So maybe week. she's not your aunt, too, you know? This, could, this plot could get really thick. very confused and very intrigued by all of this. You know, the Europeans did, you know, Chris Columbus and his ilk, they came over here, and, and uh, that's where the Native Americans, who didn't know they were Native Americans at the time, were living. So it's possible... That uh, pretty early on, they started uh, getting together, and so. Uh, well, I don't know. All I know you is could still be part. Of she's you know Native she's American. a little. She goes, gosh, I hope I have some Indian. I really want to have some Indian in me. I go, that is the oddest thing I've ever heard. She's, it's just cool to have it in you. It's cool. Would be disappointed if I find out there's none in there. So it'll be very intriguing to find out if she her DNA results come back and there's Indian in it. Now I've got a whole nother mystery to unravel. Yeah, you do. I hope it comes back that way because I love mysteries. It's exhausting because yeah, then I have so to figure is. out what grandma, my grandma was. She's not around anymore. I got to figure out, well, who was she seeing around that time? There might be a book in there. You never Could know. Could be a book. Well, Lisa, it's great having you down here in Central Oregon. Yeah, it's this nice was, to be here. This was a big, big focal point uh, just a few weeks ago, of course, with the, the eclipse uh, we had a number of people who came down here. And pe- I changed you know, my plans because it was supposed to be overrun with b- crowds. Yeah. People that, we barely know. Came to see. It's like you you win the lottery and all of a sudden people come out of the woodwork. It was kind of like that here. Oh, you live down in Central Oregon? Hey, we, how about we come and stay with you for a little while while the eclipse? Uh, you know, sure, come on down. So it was fun. We had lots of folks. One guy I had not seen in... He was at he was at our wedding, and that what? was that was decades ago. Wow. And, uh, and and I haven't seen him since. So uh, I'll I'll tell you how long ago that was. Forty years almost. Forty yeah, it was forty years ago. So hadn't seen him since. And, and so you wonder what are they going to look like now? Will I will I recognize them? Will they be the same? Because I haven't even seen a picture of them. 
And uh, yeah, you know, I liked about the same. A little more bent over, moving a little more slowly. Yeah. As probably I am. Since I still appreciate you, let's find love while we may. Because I know I'll hate you when you are old and gray. So say you love me here and now. I'll make the most of that. Say you love and trust me, for I know you'll disgust me when you're old and getting fat. Does it, when you meet somebody from your past that you only can pull up memories and images and pictures of, of how they were and how you were back then, and then when you see that person face to face, doesn't that actually slam you in a little bit of the gut yourself going, yeah. Oh well, if he looks like that, that that's that's a direct confirmation that I'm getting older too. Because we do we sit here and deny it. I'm not. I feel young. I'm getting. I don't look as. I don't. I'm fine. Well, and you then, see your stupid face in the mirror every day. Right. You don't see this guy for forty years. It's gonna look exactly it's gonna be when jarring. things are gradual. Yeah. It's just like the frog in the boiling water. Yeah. You know, it's like when it's gradual. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but it was really neat to see this guy, and it's funny. When you when you reconnect with somebody you haven't seen in a long time, there are little teeny things about them that you remember. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, for example, I uh, I remember that he introduced me. He said, "Hey, I got this new record, man," and he had this really good sound system. He said, "I got this new album. You gotta listen to it." And so we had to sit down. We had drinks and we listened to this new artist named Billy Joel. <laughs> and. Nice. Uh, it, it had it was the album that had Piano Man on it and all that stuff and I said oh I'm just knocked out I said, oh my God this is great and it, his sound system didn't hurt either but it sounded fabulous. It's nine o'clock on a Saturday. A regular crowd shuffles in. There's an old man sitting next to me making love to his tonic and gin. So I remembered that about him. But I also remember, and, and I think you probably can think of people like this in your life. I had taken a new job at a TV station in Eugene, Oregon, K-E-Z-I. Easy on the eye, get it? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I'd never had a TV job before. I'd done some radio, and, and, and it was a job as a commercial producer at this TV station. I knew I was in over my head, but it was such a, a great opportunity, so I went for it. And I immediately realized, uh, I can't do this. I, th- this. These guys are too good. They're, they're, they're too skillful, and I don't know how to do these things. And I thought, man, I made a mistake. And this guy took me under his wing, and I elevated my professional abilities because I wanted to emulate him. And, and I think all of us, you know, whatever skills we have, They'll, they'll kind of stay where they are unless you meet somebody that's better than you. And mm-hmm. then you, you, you know, then you, you raise sure. your game and then hopefully you raise somebody else's game along the way. That's what this guy did for me. He was a, the classic definition of a mentor, uh, even though he didn't know it. I feel that way about you because I came into radio so green. And even though there's different types of radio and different, different tra- types of broadcasting and different, different types of personality styles and what your job description is I loved that I kind of learned the I loved the art of storytelling that I learned from you and I learned to be very patient with you because I know you had been paired up with other other women or girls before (laughs) and after and I would always remember going no I know where he I know where he's gonna go and I because I learned it from you and I learned to be patient with where you were gonna go sometimes I wasn't sometimes I'm like Come on. But I understood your style and I learned the art of, of that. I think art. that's of story well, of course. Well, story you're very telling, kind about that. Storytelling is not easy. And storytelling with a with a point or a punchline is even more difficult. Um, I guess every story should ultimately have a lesson or a punchline or some, some entertainment value or, or information value, but not at all storytellers do. And some people are terrible storytellers and you're like yeah. You're like, that's a really good story, but you just didn't tell it well. But you always did, so I learned from you. Well, that's very nice of you to say. Not that I can tell stories the same way the you fact can, but I the, did learn about it. The fact of the matter is, I, I I was almost as green at radio as you were. 
when we met. And no, you I, weren't. You yeah, were? I, I really hadn't done. I'm, I'm not like one of those guys who've been doing it for 20 years. Right. You know? uh, well, the, the sum I, total of my radio career uh, with fits and starts was about 10 years. That's all from when you and I were doing radio to the end of my radio career. About 10 years. That's all. And yeah, yeah, me too. That's about then. it. So two, it was ninety one. But the, the but the storytelling thing is uh, is is right. But here's the slippery slope with telling good stories. <laughs> you will tend, and I tried to fight myself on this, but you want to have a story with a satisfying ending. It, call it a punchline, call it a finale, whatever you want to call it. And most of the things that happen in our life aren't those kind of stories. They don't have they don't come to a crescendo or a, or a moral or a big... So I, uh, I, to make a story better and satisfying, I would... Let's just say I would exaggerate. Maybe uh, add a few things. I would add things. Okay. I, I don't think... I, I, didn't mean, I wouldn't mean to lie, but I would, I would enhance the things that really weren't so important in, I don't think in the you're real al- story. I don't think you're alone in that. Yeah. And I think people probably have a tendency to do that on a regular basis regardless on whether they want to make the story better or not i think that's natural i don't think there's anybody here listening that can say no i have i have completely stuck to the facts my entire life i have never sort of you know enhanced anything or or tweaked anything well you know i'm not the deepest guy in the world but i i started thinking about i was driving a long trip the other day and I got to thinking about the nature of truth and, and what is truth and how do, we, how do we know what is true and what's not true. And, and I That's real- way too deep. The old man turned off the radio, said, where did all of the old songs go? Kids sure play funny music these days. They play it in the strangest ways. Said it looks to me like they've all gone wild. It was peaceful back when I was a child. Well, man, could it be that the girls and boys are trying to be heard above your noise and the lonely voice of you cries, what is truth? And the lonely voice of you cries, what is truth? The only true truth, and there are even some who'll dispute this, is science. Not theory, but actual proven science. Those are immutable truths. Gravity, things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Aren't they? But, but well, philo- still people, philosophy yeah, there's, there's, there's philosophy is just a series of opinions. And they still think that the history is, is flat. Yeah. Well, I know his, history is a that. matter of perspective. That's very true, too. Who's telling the history? I mean, really, what what is true? And we, of course, are challenged with this more than ever right. these last couple of years. Certainly. But, man, I, I, think about, I think about that, and I think, I tell, I told stories for years, and then I, and this will happen to you occasionally, too, then you find out, no, that's not quite the way it happened, actually. Right. It's a little different. Right. I, like, I would tell the story about me doing these play by play on baseball games and I and I was convinced I was doing them for you know a semi pro team turned out no it was a legion ball because I found an art a Right. An article in the newspaper about it, and I thought I had it all wrong. Exactly, I remembered it differently. Yeah, yeah. it's very true that your perception, and even that probably wasn't true. And that your article. perception is your reality. And what's the old, um, the old uh, theory that you can have ten people in in a room witnessing something, yeah. and they'll write ten different versions of right. what happened? It's the old fable about uh, ten Prime. blind guys mm-hmm. feeling an elephant. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. a really good point. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, you can lie to me all you want because I think you're enormously entertaining. And well, what's what I are, think you're pretty good too. What's funny is I do like your stories, even though I have heard every single story now. I hope not. I really? Hope, I hope is I'm, it possible that you've not told me a story? We've known each other. Well, for I hope there are years. new stories developing along the way. 1991. What you can we, also catch me. Uh, it, 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 you, you would of all people would be able to catch me and say, I, you know, you've told that story before, but you didn't tell it that way before. You told it entirely different. That's what makes it so great is that that's why I like I don't stop you and go, yeah, you know, you've already told me this one eight times. I want to see where you go with it. This but which time. of the stories would you believe? That was it. The first one that was kind of the exaggeration, or the second one that was the truth? Well, I don't really, I don't jot down any notes. Well, I you don't, should. You should I don't start know taking what notes. the differences are, but you'll do. 
And here's the other thing that's very funny is that I love that you get you have such a sense of your own amusement. It's not that you're being like, I think I'm funny. It's not, it's not that. It's that you are, you're, you're into telling it. You're like, I got to tell you the story. It's fun to tell it a good story. It is fun. I can tell you, that. You, it's like a, sitting down to a good meal. I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I've I got know. this good story. It is a delicious feeling. And, and everybody, everybody listening knows that feeling. Like, oh, I cannot wait to tell this story. I know. I'm going to watch their and face. But, but unfortunately, when people build it up like that and they're terrible storytellers, it's a complete letdown for the listener. You know, sometimes I think... Audience. Sometimes I think we spend too many of these podcasts uh, lingering over <laughs> people who have passed away. Well, and I, it's, and, and it's I'm gonna stuff make, you talk about. Well, it is. and, and I You and, go... Oh, do there was a time last year. I don't mean to interrupt you, but because I'm to about me. to go into a list of you people, do it to but, me all the time, so ahead. I'm going to do this. Yeah, but, that's fair. But but you, there was a point last year where you were like, you know, um, you heard so and so just died. That's so weird. I was just watching a bunch of reruns of their show yeah. the other night, yeah. and then and then somebody else would die, and you were you're right you're like i cannot believe i was just playing some old music from that i never listened to this guy yeah i never listened to this guy and i was playing some old music so the joke, i think it was leonard cohen so the joke started about. being every time somebody would pass away i'd be like hey pat were you watching reruns of the whatever it was very odd very yeah. odd but yeah. we do you always so implying that i'm the cause of their death which I suppose is fair. <laughs> right. Well, All right. So well, who, listen to who I... Who is it now? Listen to who died as a result of my thoughtlessness. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and and th these are old by now, but uh, in no particular order, Dick Gregory, uh, a really a groundbreaking stand-up comedian in the 50s and 60s particularly, uh, talking boldly, himself, of course, a black man, talking boldly about race at a time that everybody was kind of twitchy about it. I just moved into an all-white neighborhood not too long ago in Chicago, and I didn't have no problems when I moved in because the neighbors that lived on each side of me, they were like out of the country. They were over in London on vacation having a ball, just singing, America the beautiful, going home, going, if they only knew what they was coming home to. <laughs> so we got about 11 inches of snow in Chicago, and I grabbed my shovel, went out and started cleaning the snow off my new front, and my neighbors pulled up. She jumped out the car and rushed up to me. She said, hey, boy. She said, you're really doing a wonderful job on these people's front. If you only knew. She said, yep, I've been living next door here for the last 50 years, and I've never seen this place looking this good in the wintertime. What do you get for doing that? I said, oh, I get to sleep with that woman inside. walked up to her husband and said, hey, baby, you want me to do yours next? He said, no. And didn't he appear, wasn't he the first black comedian on the Johnny Carson show? Could be. I remember that he said once that, oh, it was on the Jack Parr show. Jack and he Parr said, show, that's right. And Jack Parr, that's right. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, oh, he was the first one to get called over yeah. to sit with him. Jack Parr had a show after he did the Tonight Show. And uh, and they called up and they said, hey, Dick, we'd like you to be on, on Jack's show. And he said, no, I'm not going to do it. They said, why not? He said, I'm only going to be on his show if after I do my set, I want to come over and sit at the desk next next to Jack. You never, you know, comedians never get to sit there, especially black ones. Right. And if you don't let me sit in the Good for uh, him. in the big important seat then Good i, I don't want to be your monkey out there right tell, and uh, they acceded to that and yeah. that, that's that's what happened yeah so he's a pretty terrifically talented not a name that a lot of people are familiar familiar right. and with that's too bad i guess that's what happens when you live too long but he uh he was also uh, an activist and maybe more important as an activist he happened to die about the same time as Jerry Lewis did, and so I think Dick Gregory got overlooked. But if you're right. gonna, if yeah, you're going to measure, right. if you're going to measure who uh, influenced you know life in this country more, you could argue Dick Gregory was far more significant than Jerry Lewis, because Dick Gregory was an activist. He did, went on hunger strikes and uh, marched with Martin Luther King Jr. and uh, 
uh, remarkable guy who could have made a much more money than he made, but he he set it all aside to get it, to be socially active. I mean, how many of us would do that? That's re- that's remarkable. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, that's honest because I'm not half the man he is. So yeah, you're right. It was the same day or the next day or the day before that Jerry Lewis passed away. And again, this is you know pretty recent here. So you go back and you can. Wait, wait, that's not fair. What? This to me. I'm your partner. I am your friend. I am your pal. I'll do my best to talk. I didn't get the last part. You well, just, you see, just... my tongue got in the way of my eye tooth. I couldn't see what I was saying. Oh, yeah. I, I talked about Jerry Lewis because I saw him at the Emerald Queen Casino of all places a few years ago, and I, and I remember being struck by how uh, barely there he was. That he had no, he should have had no business going on tour at that. Well, point. how old was he? He was in his late 80s then. He died at 91, I think. Oh, wow. Uh, but, I, and I've told you this before. It always seems weird. But if, if there are, there there are people that if you hear or you see in the somewhere that, oh, they're going to interview so-and-so, I got to watch. I have to watch every interview ever with Jerry Lewis because he was always it was always weird he yeah. was always uh he was they were always al- he was awkward. alternately very gracious he was alternately funny sometimes he could be uh, quite benevolent and then the other side of him is like a complete Jekyll and Hyde manifest in his nutty professor movie Ironic. he really was like two different people he could be just a jackass you've had a, a long and distinguished career do you have a favorite period of your career a, a a part of your career you look back on as as a moment when you were um, a favorite, happiest, or your most creative? What do you mean? Well, like, is there a period in your career that you look back on where you that was your your happiest time or your favorite time? When my partner was alive. When your partner was alive. So working with with D. Martin was that your favorite? Yep. Uh, part of your your career. Yep. And what what made that partnership work for you? Like, what was? I'll show you some material. You'll know. But if I'm not looking at the material, can you give me like a sense of like what how it worked for you? It was terrific. And how about do you have any advice for the young? young 80-year-olds about staying active at, at 90 to sort of... Get a day job. Yeah, but we can all be that way. Yeah, but usually... You know what? We can't. Usually not as a public figure. You decide as a public figure, what people this is what see. I want people to see. Yeah, but you know what? Good for him for not being fake. If he's like, you know, the asshole comes out in all of us. And, I mean, I just... That's what you're talking about is what made him so fascinating to me. That's why I always wanted to watch him when he was interviewed. Right, He's yeah. way more interesting. Right, I, I mean, wanna, I read... I didn't want to see him do jokes. I wanted to see right? beh- I read, behind the curtain. I read a book that, that autobiography... Or not autobiography. I say that all the time. The biography on Johnny Carson that came out a few years ago. And I was fascinated to know what what an asshole he was in some respects. And that's the that's that's the human condition. We all have things that are wonderful about us and we have things that are not so pretty that's true and, and i and i think you could argue that anybody who's wildly successful probably has to be also at least occasionally ruthless to, of get, course. to get where they absolutely. are absolutely of yeah. course if you're not but willing I, to be that you, you won't make it i had sent you a text the day he passed away and i said i know that you know facebook and social media is going to be littered with references to jerry lewis and the nutty professor but that wasn't i loved the nutty professor oh, me too thought it was fabulous i love jerry lewis my mother made me watch it but my favorite jerry lewis movie that i told you that i would be watching is the family jewels and oh, yeah. that was with a, a young actress whose name was donna butterfield butterworth i'll have to look it up and i saw that of the as syrup a, fortune i saw that as a kid and he he played all the parts of all the wacky uncles. She plays a young heiress who, whose father has passed away and needs to find her new dad. And so she goes 
and Jerry Lewis plays the kind chauffeur that is chauffeuring her around all these eccentric uncles and there's the 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 creepy clown uncle there's the pilot the pilot uncle's my favorite i remember that guy he's just wowed of his mind good evening uh good day uh well we've come to the uh, time in our trip where we're happy to present our up in the clouds movie friends (laughs) a current first run major studio re-reissue of an original release uh, you will notice the screen coming down. So that was my favorite Jerry Lewis yeah, so That's not one most people of, would, would remember. I know. I just yeah. thought it was very sweet and heartwarming. Yeah. And well, I mean, I, you, they, we can say what we will about Jerry Lewis. I think there, he certainly, some people considered him to be crass and a bit of a bull, vulgarian. Brilliant. But I think he was a genius. He, he really was. He was brilliant. And sometimes, as we've talked about before on these podcasts, genius is always coupled with some problems. You can't just be a genius and not have a lot As of... As we lo- well know, right, of, Pat? A lot of baggage. That's Jeez, right. That's right. Yeah. So, <laughs> so miss him. But um, lesser noticed, I think... Oh, and then a, uh, a comedian, stand-up comedian named Shelley Berman just passed away. Oh. And uh, I'm sure p- people of a certain age wouldn't even know who he was. Hi there, uh, desk clerk. Uh, Berman, Min, yeah, room 702, uh, just checked in. No, everything's all right. I, I, I just, I wanted to ask about one thing. I, I don't seem to, uh, have a window. No, I looked. I looked over there, too. I don't have a window. I'm pretty sure about that. Well, no, there's nothing specific I want to see. She said, I'd like a window if I can get a hold of one. Well, I didn't think to request a window when I reserved the room. I thought I'd have one. Well, I have everything else. The wallpaper, the pictures, the Gideon Bible. I have everything. I just don't have a window. Now, there's loads of hot water, plenty of hot water. As a matter of fact, from both taps. I wanted to ask you about that, too, sir. <laughs> One sort of curious thing, sir. You know the dresser? Four drawers? Three are painted on. Now, why is that, sir? <laughs> anyway, getting back to that window, what do you think we, we can do about installing one or find the one we have? Where do you think I find it? Near which door? Well, now, that's uh, the other thing I wanted to ask you about, sir. I, uh, I can't find my door, sir. I don't know where it is. No, I'm not denying I have a door. I'm in the room. There must be a door. I didn't materialize in here, but I cannot find the door. Now, where do you think I'd find it? Near which window? I don't have a window. Well, wouldn't that be an odd place to put a door next to a window? I mean, if you walk through, you'd fall right out of the building, wouldn't you, sir? I mean, I have one door over here, but that's the door to my closet. Oh, I thought I had one. Uh, uh, maybe it's the door to my bathroom. You're kidding. Well, where is it? I don't need a pencil. Just tell me where to find it, will you, please? Yeah. 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 Well, just a minute. I'll get a pencil. I'll be right with you. <laughs> Talk a little slower. It's difficult to write in here. Well, it's dark. <laughs> I would if I could find the switch. There is no light switch between the window and the door. I'm not admitting I have a window and a door. All I'm saying is if there was a window and a door, there wouldn't be a light switch there. Well, I know because the first thing I did when I came in here was feel all the wall. There is no switch. Do me a favor and send him a bellhop with some candles. Well, where are they? Well, what time do you reopen? Is this place closed at night? Well, how about your other guests? How do they feel about this? I am. Was one of the first stand-up comedians that had a big hit record uh, recording uh, in the 50s and kind of made his... Mark like a that singing way. record or a comedy record? Comedy record, yeah. And then Bob Newhart and Bill Cosby, of course. I and remember listening that, to tons of Bob Newhart yeah. comedy records. That's the way those guys wow. made their, their yep. money. Bill Cosby, I listened to all his comedy records. Bob New, I mean, those were that was fun. You put on a record, and that's fun. Yeah, it was fun. And Shelley Berman was just, he was always complaining about something. It was always <laughs> put upon <laughs> and then finally to wrap up uh, somebody that I liked a lot and he wasn't very old he was just in his early 60s named Jay Thomas uh, stand up comedian he did radio he was on TV too I thought he was really cute yeah, he, d- he did He did some very successful turns as characters in uh, several hit series but I think a lot of people would remember him best and certainly me because every year he would appear on the David Letterman's Christmas show It'd be their last show, really, of the year, I think. And they would, uh, they, and so Jay Thomas became a regular every year on the Letterman show. I see. I didn't know that of him because I never watched Letterman, but I watched Murphy Brown, which is right. where he, I think his 
biggest role was on Murphy Brown. But you were telling me this story earlier. I think it's very funny. So. He t- and Letterman loved this one <laughs> story that Jay Thomas would tell every year. Uh, you, you know, you, you think, I've heard a story once. That's enough. We were talking about storytelling a moment ago. Jay told this story so well, but he'd change it every year. Okay. And, uh, and, and it basically was a story of him and another guy that were working at a radio station. They were both, you know, probably in their early 20s, like a lot of us when we started in radio. And they were really into weed and, uh, and you mean, do you mean, Pat, uh, marijuana cigarettes, marijuana cigarettes? <laughs> and I'll let him tell the story because I'm going to I'm going to close this podcast okay. with just one of I think maybe 11 or 12 or 13 times that he was on the Letterman show, told the same story every year. But it was always a little bit different. See, that's exactly what I was talking about earlier. Right. It's kind but, of fun, but it's not a joke. No, it was, I know. It was it's a, a real story, story that that's happened to him. I was. Yeah. But it, you'll see if you watch them all. Uh, if you ever take the time, get on YouTube and watch them all. You'll see, you know, that's not quite the way it was last year. It's a little different. but And uh, so it has to do with the actor who played Lo- the Lone Ranger. Okay. A fellow named Clayton Moore, who came to a small town that Jay Thomas was a disc jockey at, in a radio station. And they were doing a, like a, a car dealership grand opening or some sort of special promotion. And get come on down to the car dealership this weekend because the Lone Ranger is going to be there. And so that's the setup basically for the story. And I shouldn't have even told you that much because here's the story as told by Jay Thomas every year. The tradition of you being here for the holidays and the quarterback challenge, the story about you working for a small radio station in a southern town. That's right. That's right. And, um, and uh, I had told this story only privately. It's the best it, story I've ever heard. And it was Christmas about 10 or 12 years ago. And I come out with my little story planned. And you said, give me a gift. And I said, what is it? Tell me this story about you mm-hmm. and the Lone Ranger. And, right. and I had never told it publicly. So um, I, I worked for a small radio station. Uh, it was actually big in the area. Big Ways, it was called, W-A-Y-S. And we would open the car dealerships. And back then, I was one of the few white guys with, a, with an afro. I had the big, giant afro. And we would open the car dealership. And so a guy um, named Picklemore. Picklemore. We have a picture, by the way, of Picklemore with the Lone Ranger. Uh, this picture's never been shown before. Yeah. That's Pickle. That's the Lone Ranger. And that's the car dealership. That's a used Dodge truck. There's the Lone There's Ranger. There's the Lone Ranger. Clearly right. a sense of humor. Right. Right, that's Picklemore. Uh-huh. Uh, his daughter sent that uh, to us, so I want to thank. I know her name is Sweet Relish. I don't know what her last name is. But... <laughs> so I go to the thing, and I'm talking and doing the remote and come down and get an oil change and buy a truck and the whole thing. And the Lone Ranger is there, and he's and the kids are coming, and he's got the guns and everything else. <laughs> My friend Mike Martin, uh, who's in the record industry, uh, he comes to visit me, and he's got the long, long hair and the big stacked heels and the, and the tight jeans like a, like a Bay City roller. And so he gets me, and we go out to the dumpster, and we begin to get herbed up. Um, we, <laughs> we become medicinally enhanced we, as the performance. We only hear that phrase, herbed up, once a once year. Once a year. Once yeah. a year. We all it's look for it, herbed up. Herbed yeah. up, once a year. That's yeah, a lovely yeah. tradition. That's right. Yeah. So... So as I keep going back and forth, we're, you know, we're more and more herbal. So, um, <laughs> so we do it. We're there for hours, and it's time to leave, and no one comes to get uh, uh, Clayton Moore, the Lone Ranger, and to take him back to the Red Carpet Inn on Moorhead Avenue. <laughs> so we wait a while, and no one comes. The sales manager was drunk. I don't know what happened. Pickle Moore had left. I don't know what was going on. So I said, well, why don't... We'll take you back. And Lone I Ranger all dressed up just as in the photo. Just with the guns and the whole thing yeah, and the, the mask. mask. Never takes it off. Yeah. Never relaxes. Right. He, you know, nothing. <laughs> so I have a 10-year-old Volvo, okay? And it's all beat up. And there's like, you know, fast food crap in the back of it and everything else. And we put the Lone Ranger in. And Mike and I get in there. And all we're thinking is we can't act stoned. So we... <laughs> And my hair is so big, and he's got so much hair, he can't see out of the front window because it's like Starsky and Hutch are in the front with it. And we are looking straight ahead, and we are so nervous, and we get in this traffic. It's not moving. No one is saying a word. It's dead silent in my Volvo. And this middle-aged guy in a, in a Buick in the front of us doesn't like the traffic. He decides to back up, crashes into my car. I hear my headlight break. Oh. 
And I, 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 we look around, you know, and he drives away, and there's that pause that stone people have before they react. <laughs> and, and so we decide to chase the guy in my Volvo. A Volvo has five cylinders, right? So I get out of traffic, and, I, and we're chasing the Buick. We can't, and the Lone Ranger is in the back, completely stoic. <laughs> I swear to God. So we catch up to the guy. We can see him. You know, he's a middle-aged guy. We pull in front of him, right in front of Anderson Seafood Restaurant. Uh -huh. I swear to God, okay. it's all there. And Mike and I jump out, and he says, what are you guys doing? I said, you backed into my car, and you broke my headlight. He says, I did not. I said, yes, you did. He says, well, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to call the cops. He says, oh, really? Well, who do you think they're going to believe? You two hippie freaks are me. And the Lone Ranger gets out of the back of my car. <laughs> I swear to God, he goes like this. They'll believe me, citizen. <laughs> I swear to God. Thank you. That's so good. Thanks for listening to Peculiar Podcast. Hey, goodbyes. <laughs> Join Pat and Lisa online at PeculiarPodcast.com. The gift that keeps on giving the whole year. And on the Peculiar Podcast Facebook fan page. Sweet. On Twitter at Peculiar Podcast, at Mr. Pat Cashman, and at Foster Chick. Join us and live in peace or pursue your present course and face obliteration.